0: Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset podcast. I'm your host Austin, and we got uh, we got some stuff to catch up on this week, this episode. Uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, you probably noticed that over the past uh, week or so, been a little bit, mm, a little bit absent, a little bit less active than usual. Um, been working through some medical stuff, uh, some inflammation, some uh, infection stuff. Uh, that hopefully, uh, is for the most part in the rear view mirror, getting that all wrapped up, uh, feeling better than I was, you know, two weeks ago for sure. Um, but you know, stuff happens, uh, it's important to always take care of yourself. We can't stress that enough here, uh, at the prepared mindset, whether that's physically, medically, or, uh, emotionally, medically, however you want to, you know, position that it's important to take care of yourself and prioritize your, your health, over things like work, um, sometimes even over things like family. Uh, cause if you don't realistically, if you don't take care of yourself, who's going to Right? nobody works, not going to the minute you leave that job, whether it's because you expire, you quit, <clears throat> you're fired, whatever, they're going to find somebody else. I mean, it's unfortunate. And a lot of us have myself included have great bosses that we work for at companies that are, that are genuinely good companies, but they have people to answer to as well. Shareholders bosses of bosses, things like that. So, um, I can't say it enough. I really can't just make sure you're taking care of number one before we get into this week's topic though, which, uh, is one that's, uh, I've thought about a lot lately. Um, and actually, and oddly enough, I was thinking about this and then I got um, some messages from, um, from Sam because he had uh, an interaction dealing with some of this stuff. Um, before I get into it, though, I do want to make sure, like every episode here, that we thank the presenting sponsors that make the prepared mindset and what we do possible. Uh, first up, slimfitholsters.com. Uh, I actually just got a message this morning. Uh, I posted about it on our Instagram, actually, but I had a, a good friend that reached out to me and said, hey, man, um, I saw that you guys are working with SlimFit Fit now. I, I need a holster what can you tell me? And I go, well, it depends how you want to carry. You know, we talked through some stuff and ultimately he wound up, uh, going with a guard ultra, right. One of their uh, appendix in the waistband, uh, you know, uh, holster only, right. No attached magazine carrier. He went with their guard ultra for his, uh, Taurus. I think it's a G2C that he carries. Sent me a picture. Said, hey man, I finally got it. Love this thing. It's great. <clears throat> really nice. Super excited about it. Um, and that's awesome. The guys over at slim fit hooked us up with our discount code prepared 10. It's going to save 10% off the order and give you free shipping. My buddy, when he ordered his was able to take advantage of that offer as well, which is awesome. They have all kinds of options. If you want to carry appendix, right? They got the uh, guard ultra. If you don't like having the magazine up front or you want to keep your magazine, in your holster, your magazine carrier, I should say in your holster separate, go with the guard ultra and a mag carrier. Great option. Quality made holster. Or if you want them attached, they have a flex point in it with some shock cord. Great, great option. They're Gladius from Slim Fit Holsters. That's what I run. That's what Sam runs. And it comes uh, optional with the hard rubber wedge that doesn't adhere to the back of the holster. It actually attaches via two small screws, which is great because then you don't have to worry about the adhesive wearing out. You don't have to worry about, hey, if I want to try this holster and I'm not sure if I need the wedge or not, you don't have to try it wear it around and then stick it back stick the wedge on and oh, i don't know if i don't like the wedge And then you got to scrape off the the adhesive gunk because you went with a foam wedge this is a great option from slim fit because you can attach with two small screws and hey even if you don't like to carry appendix right trevor doesn't carry appendix uh he prefers the three four o'clock five o'clock position that's fine check out the guard all right Three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. Strong side carry. The guard is a great option that allows for multiple different cant angles and comes in a variety of different makes and models. Just like all the holsters at SlimFit, cannot recommend the products enough, guys. One more time, SlimFitHolsters.com. They hooked us up with our code, prepared ten. It's gonna knock ten percent off and it's gonna give you free shipping. They just launched their new site a couple of weeks back. Head over and check them out. Pick up some cool gear. Also, MyMedic.com, you guys. MyMedic is great. All right? They're doing lots of good stuff for the medical preparedness, uh, community, right? I was going say field, but really it's a community people that are, and it goes back beyond like medical prepping. But if you're out doing any kind of adventure, anything, hiking, camping, uh, hunting, uh, anything, basically even at home, but anytime you leave the house, right? You should have a medical kit with you. Even if it's something you leave in the car and it's readily accessible via the vehicle, think about how much time you spend in your car. What's the likelihood you're about you're going to come across or be in an incident <clears throat> that requires medical attention, and and that could be hey I cut myself opening some packaging, um, I cut myself in my pocket knife, uh, hey I came across an accident, uh, and and I want to stop and assist, even if you don't have all the requisite training to use everything that comes in some of these kits, that doesn't mean that somebody else might not be on the scene that can, right. Um, which is not to say that there's not a lot you still can't do with some very basic amount of training, you know, applying a tourniquet, things like that. But my medic, they have everything you could need for any contingency you might have. They even hooked us up with our discount code mindset 20. So you can go to their website. It's gonna knock you 20% off whatever you order, whether it's just, Hey, I need a tourniquet. I know how to use a tourniquet. I don't have a lot of other training, but I want to carry a tourniquet with me. I know there's Hey, there's concealed carry holsters now for tourniquets, which is a super, super cool option, especially if you carry a gun, right? You should be able to stop the bleed if you can start the bleed, right? And a lot of guys say you can fill the plug holes if you can make holes, but same difference, right? Um, my medic has a lot of great options, right? They have the cat's tourniquet, the rat tourniquet, the SWAT tourniquet, um, which all have different pros and cons and different applications. And people like all of them for lots of different reasons. My medic carries them all. They even include them in their various different kits maybe you only have two or three people four people to worry about pick up a myfac. maybe you have more than that pick up two my pick up uh you know the recon kit if that's what you need you know and and if you don't know that's okay my medic is here to help and to educate so they will gladly gladly take your call with their customer service team and make a recommendation on what you should get hey you need to cover four people go with the MIFAC. You don't need more than that. We don't think you should buy the 10-person kit. Or, hey, you you need to cover 10 people. You really do. If you need to make sure they're all covered and planned for, you need to buy this kit. A little bit more expensive, yes, but you're going to have everything you need and more. Doing a lot to educate the community and doing a lot to offer great, great products. They even offer refill kits. So if you already own a kit from maybe another company, or, hey, hopefully it is from MyMedic, Hey, uh, somebody had a pretty bad cut. I used all of my Stop the Bleed supplies. You can go to MyMedic.com and pick up for not that much money, right? 20, 30, 40 bucks. Pick up some refill kits so you have more gauze. Maybe you have more butterfly stitches. I and mean, whatever you need, they got it. Head over to MyMedic.com, use... The Prepared Mindsets discount code mindset20. It's gonna save you 20% off your order. You guys can also head over to our Facebook page in our offer section um, and use our new link. There's some issues with the old link, which I think might still be up, but um <clears throat> the newly created link, you guys can go through that and any money that you spend will come back and help support what we do here at the prepared mindset, which we all greatly appreciate. Mymedic.com. Okay, so getting into it, uh this week's topic right? Something that's, um, especially, uh, I guess I don't say lately, but it, I guess it kind of feels like lately, uh, since the turn of the presidency, I, I think really, but I guess that you can back it up even to the onset of COVID. Um, when supply lines, when shipping and delivery was greatly, greatly impacted, right? Um, availability of goods, you know, became, um, it, it was stressed. It was strained to say the least, right? Getting stuff, uh, and, and not even just in our, um, survival preparation, shooting, hunting, camping, whatever our community, right? This is nationally globally in some instances, but, but certainly we can speak to what we're, we're living through here in the United States, right? Um, there've been pictures and, you know, memes, maps, whatever shared on social media, um, on the internet of, Uh, how many ships are currently anchored along the coasts of the entire continental United States waiting to offload their product because we have such stringent um, regulation, right, on our ports right now of what can come in and how fast it can come in, who can come in. If you're looking at people like sailors and and laborists and things like that to offload this product and things like that because of this COVID-19 pandemic that we are um, I, I, a lot of people think is over. Um, I'm inclined to agree. It it should be in the rear view mirror. It seems like, um, for political reasons and whatnot, we're kind of really hesitant to let it go. It's too beneficial for some people, but I digress. So it's, it's difficult right now to procure a lot of different goods. Um, even, you know, Ryan, who I had on a couple weeks ago, he and I went up North, uh, Northern Michigan. uh, I'm sorry. Um, did some, some tracking, did some scouting, put up his, uh, his tree stand, things like that. Um, Ryan runs uh, Wolf Dog Printing, so he does a lot of screen printing. Uh, not just shirts and hoodies, but um, primarily that's what you see a lot of right now in the fall, right? Football teams, marching bands, things like that. Uh, lawns landscaping companies i'm sorry lawn services they need uniform shirts uh you know show shirts for the band kids whatever um and then the odd stuff that comes in you know in between and and every which way you know coffee mugs whatever but what i was really surprised to hear from ryan was that just getting something like a black t-shirt is incredibly difficult right now because of how congested shipping is and i go no there's there's no way i mean like black t-shirt, right? Like not like the necessarily anything special. You go, just give me the cheapest one you got type deal. He goes, no, you can't find it. You know, you got these, these providers and stuff you work with and they say they have 15 or 17 shirts in stock and that's not 15 or 17 in the Michigan warehouse. That's 15 or 17 across all five warehouses this company might have total for something like a black t-shirt. I go, you got to be shitting me. I goes, no, it's, it's getting incredibly difficult to find stuff like that. Blue shirts, t-shirts, white shirts, sweatshirts. It's impossible to find. And it's some, you know, it comes and it goes right in waves. You get a ship that unloads and then, you know, the market kind of consumes it at a, a exponential rate because people have been waiting for these materials. And now even the vendor companies can upcharge what they're uh, asking because the demand is so high and the supply is so low. Right. So what does this have to do with a prepared mindset with what we talk about here? What I want to talk about is why it's so crucial that you buy quality gear, and that's something that's. Uh, I know we talk a lot here about uh, making good budgetary decisions, um, <clears throat> saving money where you can, things like that. And 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 I'm still I'm a hundred percent behind that. I am balls deep in the idea of spending less money for the same outcome. But you have to realize a couple of things. Um, there are for every great product that's out there, there are probably two to, I don't know, in some cases, maybe 20, different knockoff copies that come, unfortunately they come from China. Um, and this is something that's only been getting worse, uh, with obviously the, uh, the highlighting of our sitting president Joe Biden's relationships with China and the questionable trade practices that he's put on his agenda, trying to push through bringing in more Chinese produced goods. Um, I know for a lot of the things that our previous president, Donald Trump didn't do great, you know, he was, he was all about the American manufacturing. You know, he, he campaigned on it. He legislated on it. It was about bringing jobs back to America, which yes, uh, upfront, right. For the first couple of years, would in, you would see an increase in prices because you pay more. We have a higher cost of labor here in the United States, which a lot of people, Oh no, it's bullshit. We don't want to pay for that. That's I'm above that. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I can certainly understand the, the stress on your wallet, but it, it's a means to an end. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think we ever see that fully realized with not just the past presidency, but any, because you know you switch parties, and then the other party wants to do their thing, and either jobs go out in droves or they come in in droves. So, but um, Chinese-made knockoffs—it's—it's it, it, not—it's intellectual property theft, is really what it amounts to. Um, and it's funny because uh, Sam uh, was uh, perusing on the old uh, Amazon, looking around for some stuff, and uh, came across a medical pouch, belt-mounted medical pouch. Okay, it is an exact duplicate of the t-rex arms med one pouch but it's made by some other company i think it's called peltac or something like that on amazon i'm not not totally positive doesn't really matter um and it's offered about half the price and it's more available than the t-rex kit why because the t-rex kit costs more money almost double i think uh the knockoff was like 20 or 30 bucks i think the real one runs about 45 or 50 so it's about half the price right um the t-rex arms is made here in america with usually American sourced. Uh, I don't know if it's, if they're actually down here, textiles and things like that, but the labor, right. It's more expensive. Um, and Sam left a comment saying, Hey, this is, this is an exact copy of the T-Rex med pouch. This is intellectual property theft. Uh, basically this is bullshit. And you guys shouldn't be selling these kinds of products, um, without some kind of disclaimer that this is You know, this is a stolen, uh, and, and I noticed some, some companies are out there. They're vigilant about policing, um, the intellectual property on their items, um, on places like Amazon, places like eBay, um, whatever you can do with, you know, wish.com, Alibaba, whatever they're out there trying. T-Rex arms has taken a more holistic approach and that their idea is to help enhance the community and that they don't necessarily put a ton of time and effort into fighting, uh, for those kinds of things, because they want to focus their time and effort and energy and finances on, you know, advancing the community and people's experiences and access to quality gear. And they do it in such a way that they try to highlight what makes their gear good and beneficial and, and quality made. Um, and then obviously that speaks for itself as to why it should be the choice over the Chinese made copy. So Sam left this, these comments, um, on the, the review section, right. Gave it like a one star, I'm assuming, and said it was, you know, intellectual theft and, uh, you know, that it was, it wasn't legit. And he actually got a, um, I don't know if it's like an automated message or something, but he got a response from Amazon saying that he had like inflammatory remarks and they were inappropriate and not within their rules of, uh, what they call community standards, you know, whatever for Amazon, um, because it didn't enhance the, the, uh, the product that, he was commenting on. It didn't bring anything positive to the product, which, um, from a business standpoint, I can understand that you don't want your comment section to turn into a flaming pile of shit. I can certainly understand that. However, it doesn't change the fact that you should be buying quality gear. That's unless it's a universal design, kind of like the 1911, right? That platform is made by hundreds of companies worldwide. And it's, it's not any one of their designs. John Moses Browning designed the 1911, but, you know, okay, these other companies are producing it at a high level. It's not just a Chinese knockoff of, of something that is very recently developed in the last two, three, four years, and you're marketing it as your own solution to the rest of the world. That's just not right. Um, what's even more upsetting is as soon as Sam kind of sent me this, I go, well, that's pretty shitty. So I, I did a little digging on my own and just started, you know, doing some searching out on Amazon, Right. Um, and for those of you that are in the know, you understand a company called unity tactical. Uh, they make some risers. Uh, they were the company that came out with the really cool idea for a, a flip mount on a magnifier right behind your red dot. And instead of rolling the optic outward, it just rolls it downward, um, below the window of the optic. So you use one of their risers to pick the optic up like a half inch, and then you have the space to drop your magnifier down below your window, your field of view. So really revolutionary, it's their fast mounting system. Unity Tactical is a great company here in America. They do a lot of really, really cool work. Um, very innovative. Um, things like uh, switches for lights. Hey, instead of having this long two and a half inch pa- uh, pressure pad, how about you just have you know, a little button? One button angled at a 45 degree where you have to very deliberately press on it to engage that white light. Helps cut out your uh, your NDs, right? Your negligent discharges of white light. Cool idea works with surefire lights and you know, cool. That's, that's, that's a different concept, right? Um, they have a red dot riser for, uh, aim point models, aim point T two models. I say models because that footprint fits like hollow suns. It fits the vortex crossfire 2, It fits the aim point T one and T two, anything that, that actually fits the, the T two footprint. It lifts it up to a 1.93 height. <clears throat> so it's easier for night vision and stuff. Um, and then again, you use it with the flip-up mount. So really cool company, um, doing a lot of innovative work uh, made here in America. To give you an idea what this stuff costs, um, I know the riser, the, it basically just a half-inch flat riser with Picatinny rail that is used commonly with the EOTech optics, goes for like 96 bucks, which a lot of people will say that is a lot of money for a riser. And you probably be right. I mean, considering you can get something comparable, um, again, on Amazon, Chinese-made for... 20 bucks. Um, where I'm going with this though, is that I, I searched that and I got it in the same screenshot and I sent it to Sam at the top of this screenshot. You had like four items listed the top one for 86 bucks was the flat, dark, uh, flat, dark earth or coppery color that unity offers was an actual unity fast mount for Neotech. Okay. Four items down was the $20, Japanese, or it's not Japanese, I'm sorry, Chinese knockoff version, uh, associated to some company that I can't even pronounce. Um, cause I'm pretty sure it's not English and it's 20 bucks with a 10 percent off coupon option. And right above the picture is a little Amazon's choice, which is really upsetting. Cause Amazon's an American company. It started off as an American company. I think it's pretty disingenuous to support, you know, communist China by promoting not the, the actual product itself, by stealing, promoting companies that have stolen uh, intellectual property. This is clearly the unity fast riser, clearly. And they, oh yeah, they offer it in black and copper too, or black and flat dark earth too. So if you know it's a fake with the flat dark earth, because uh, the clamp on the bottom that, you know, you tighten down to your Picatinny rail, one side is the flat dark earth, the other side is black. Basically, they they cut a bunch of those um, pieces out of black metal, so the black ones match, and they don't for the flat dark earth. And it's like, oh well, I don't care. I'm getting a twenty dollar riser. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, you might. And I know a lot of the people you know that that are against spending big money on things like mounts and optics are like, well, yeah, I wouldn't spend eighty six dollars on this, or I think the flip up mount for the magnifier is two hundred dollars. I'm not spending three hundred dollars just for mounts. Well, here's why buying quality gear is important. If you've ever had a screw strip out on something, you understand the frustration with then having to either replace the part altogether, trying to find a larger screw that will fit that diameter. Um, you know, it's not easy with Chinese made products. It's often, um, a, they're not standard American sizes, so they can be a little bit harder to find in metrics for varying bolts and screws. Um, it's also out of softer materials, right? The pot metal that is used for a lot of, uh, these, um, Chinese made, uh, you know, clamp on sling mounts, clamp on risers, uh, you know, flashlight mounts and stuff. It's soft metal. It's, it, it chips and bends and cracks really, really easily with any application of stress. So if you're tightening down, you know, say the unity riser, And you spec that out, you torque it out to the, what are the 25 foot pounds? I don't know what it is exactly, but I imagine somewhere between 20 and 27 foot pounds of torque as it is with most optic risers and optic mounts. Um, It may be fine, but then you probably have a pretty high likelihood that's going to strip out and break. So at that point, you either have to try to find a larger screw that'll still fit through the hole properly and still clear the spaces in between your Picatinny teeth, right? Or... You got to spend another 20 bucks and get a whole new one delivered. At that point, you're spending $40 and you're halfway to what you would have spent with the real one. Okay. Um, also, they may not strip out immediately, but they could strip out when you're running around doing stuff with it. And then you're fucked because now your, your riser falls off your gun. You potentially lose your optic. You definitely are going to lose your zero. <clears throat> and again, you got to go spend more money. And can you finish the training day? Maybe that same company that produced this copy fast mount for the EOTech also produced a copy of their fast mount for the Aimpoint T2 footprint. So I think it's like 35 bucks or something. And I think the, 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 the unity ones, like a hundreds and something dollars, like maybe a hundred and 120. So again, it's really easy to say, well, yeah, I can spend $35. I don't care. But at the same time, it's like the same issues, right? Screws strip out. The specs might not actually be the same I've actually come across this with, uh, my father's rifle. He has a, um, like an eBay brand quad rail that we dropped in on his, um, carbine upper. Right. And I was installing a, a stream light, weapon light on his rifle form that I got for, um, I think it was Christmas. Yeah. I got it for him for Christmas and uh, I was over there during the super bowl. I was like, yeah, Hey, get that out. We'll, I'll go ahead and throw it on. So the light clamped on fine. But oddly, when I went, if you guys ever use the Streamlight pressure pads, you know, it comes with a little rubber feet that fit into the Picatinny rail and it, and it holds and pressures the, uh, the pressure pad into place. So it can't move. Those didn't fit because the Picatinny rail itself was out of spec. And that stuff happens all the time with cheaper products. It's just something that you have to be aware of. Um, another company that that's starting to get better about stuff, but still for a long time produced airsoft. Quality, I'll say, or lower quality gear was UTG, and I feel bad because UTG is actually a Michigan-based company. But again, specs are different. So I remember I bought an offset red dot mount that I ran before I spent, you know, real money on an Arisaka. Um, which Arisaka is an outstanding company with like really cool ideas, and they do a lot of awesome work with mounts and light bars and stuff. They actually produce, I think, the light bars for TRX Arms, but. Uh, anyway, I bought one of these UTG mounts because it was like 20 bucks and it was going to get it further out away from the, uh, from the rifle, like one of the more expensive ones, but it didn't seat all the way down in the Picatinny. And it's frustrating because you got to sit there and I, I worked on it for probably two hours, taking my time, grinding away sections of the, you know, of the mount, trying to get it to it sat correctly on the Picatinny rail. And it worked. Uh, I was able to torque it down and it was okay, but you know, it was one of those things I'd seen by another Instagram profile where I go, Hey, I'll, I'll give that a try. It seems like it looks well built and sturdy and, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's not as adjustable as the Arisaka mount, but Hey, maybe this is, you know, for my Vortex Viper, um, reflex site, maybe this is uh, a, a good budget alternative. Um, and it really isn't. Um, and that might be changed and updated now going forward. I certainly hope, I, I think I did send an email to UTG who I don't think I ever got a response from, but, um, that, in that case, that's not even a knockoff. That's just poor quality because it's super cheap. You know, um, when you guys start looking at it from a business perspective, it starts making sense why these things are cheaper. When you look at how many hours, right? Cause you have to pay personnel for testing and development and design and things. Usually by the hour. Even if they're salaried, there's salary, there's a number of hours allocated. There's a dollar amount that goes with that. There's a dollar amount with production. Better facilities cost more money. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, you know, that's why American produced products in a lot of different ways are better than foreign products because we have better quality machining with better quality individuals working it. It's not a bunch of sweatshop workers in a foreign country producing it at a fifth of the cost. Um, so you look at it and you, you compare and you start looking at it and you figure out quickly this is why the american one costs 100 bucks and the knockoff costs 20 dollars because they're cutting corners um they're using way cheaper materials they're using unskilled labor and finally the quality control just isn't there and the money's going over to i mean typically let, let's just call it what it is it's going over to china who has not been bashful right about uh their anti-american rhetoric they they don't like america they i think if I'm not mistaken, I've seen headlines about now that we've pulled out of Afghanistan, um, they've actually been trading with the Taliban or Al Qaeda, whoever's overrun the show there now, who the hell knows? They've been trading uh, with them to get military drone technology. So now they have our technology as well, which is another hot point and, and point of contention in military circles, because if you have our technology, A, you can duplicate it, which then is means it's used against us. It also means that in the world of technology, you can potentially hack it, um, which would be really problematic considering the, you know, destructive power of a drone. So, uh, but getting back to it, you know, buying the quality gear instead of the Chinese knockoff, you start to see the real differences, you know, um, things like optic mounts, um, Talking with a couple, with you know, a couple buddies and stuff, like, hey, I worry about my rifle losing zero when it's bouncing around in the back of my truck because I don't have a great case for it. Well, get a better case, but the case really isn't it. If you're worried about your optic shifting zero just from riding in the back seat, not like the back of the truck in the bed, but just the back seat, a hey, you really shouldn't need to. But if you are and it's happened like if you can actually figure out that it's happened well then you need to replace your rings your scope rings or scope mount and possibly your optic um because it really shouldn't, not from that minimal amount of shifting, and sometimes it's just being paranoid. You know, I, I get that, uh, but I've definitely also seen um, you know failure in things like optic mounts and optics because you you bought the cheapest thing you could find that would get the job done. I mean, we're all guilty of it. You know, I got my first AR and I didn't know shit about shit, and I went on Amazon and I bought a T2 uh, Aimpoint T2 Red Dot ripoff for like thirty five bucks. They, they oh yeah, it's got a red dot on ten settings and a green dot on ten settings. And I thought that thing was fine. And then I started really realizing like, yeah, it looks fine. Um, but eventually you're gonna go out and use that thing, and it might not even survive the recoil. That's what people don't understand with that stuff is optics built to get you as far as a good quality airsoft gun, yeah, they only cost between fifty and hundred bucks, maybe, right? And they look like the real thing. It's the same thing as airsoft guns, right? They look like the real thing, but they're not. And obviously it's an electric motor, you know, or just a spring inside of airsoft guns. So there's no recoil impulse there. There is obviously <laughs> with real firearms. So when you take that cheaply made optic that's built to poor tolerances and low quality to save on time and which saves on money and stuff like that, you introduce that to uh, a recoil impulse, you and you know not just like one or two shots. I mean, that's why people talk about, hey, you got to put 500, 1,000, 1,500, whatever, 2,500 rounds through your, your weapon with this mount, with this optic, make sure that this testing is thorough so you know this is reliable or not. Um, usually with the stuff that's that cheap, anything under 50 bucks in an optic is going to be complete and total garbage, um, unless you buy it used or something like that, but it is, it's, it's, it's complete junk. Um, you'll have connections break internally and that's not something, these optics, they're even the cheap ones. Like this is not something you can take apart and resolder. This is something that once it breaks, you're pretty, unless you're an engineer, you're pretty much fucked. And if you're an engineer, you're not going to waste your time taking that apart and fixing it. You're just going to take the engineer money that you make and go buy something decent from the rip. Um, I know this because I have friends who are engineers and that's, that's what they do. Um, you know, they go buy a quality product. Um, and it's easier to make that argument, you know, with things like optics. Um, Hey, I have this optic that looks just like an aim point. Is it okay? Yeah, it it might be depending on the brand brands like vortex. Yes. Um, I think they have the strike fire 2, Um, which my, I think my dad has on one of his rifles sort of looks like the design was copied over from like the aim point pro a little bit different. They kind of modified the controls and things. Okay. Fine. What does Name Point Pro cost? Uh, about 450. What does Strikefire 2 cost? Um, about 150 or 175. Like, okay. So, yes, cheaper. However, Vortex has a history of making decent quality products and has a lifetime no questions asked warranty. So, at the very least, if something should go wrong with it, you can get it replaced without any problems. If you sell the optic to somebody used, they can get that warranty no questions asked. Okay. Same thing with their Crossfire 2 red dot that fits the. Um, the Aimpoint T2 footprint, just a little tiny little uh, red, you know, red dot. Cool. Costs about 125, 150, just depending on sales and things like that. I think I paid 150 when I had mine, and it works. Again, it's got the lifetime vortex warranty on it. No questions asked. Fine, not a problem. But you start looking at some of these other companies like True Glow, um, you know, or any company that you if you're not immediately familiar with it, you have to start asking questions. Honestly, if you're looking for good budget optics, I would say, look at primary arms, look at hollow sun, look at vortex. If you're looking for, if you're looking for something that's made in America, expect that you're going to pay probably four times the price minimum. If you're looking for American made, I mean, honestly, the, the cheapest I would go with for something that's like that higher grade would be the aim point pro about $450. Um, it's tried and it's, it's proven right? It's been used by, it is still, and it still is, it's an old design, but it's still used by military and law enforcement. It's a very, very robust design. And that that thing, they're tanks, man, they last forever. And if you don't believe me, you can check out the T-Rex arms YouTube page. They advocate for that optic a lot when people are looking for budget optics. And I understand that $450 might not be for everybody, but if you're wanting something that you can really push to the limit and know that you're not going to have to, you're not gonna have to fucking worry about it then spend the money. Buy once, try once, and get done with it. And and then the other thing that's great about it is it comes with a really robust mount, right? The Aimpoint Pro has its own mount. It's a great mount. It's durable. If you drop the gun, you're going to be okay to pick it back up and keep going because you're not going to have shifted zero, all right? When you look at some of these cheaper, um, you know, shitty Chinese mounts that it may be only 10 or 20 bucks on Amazon or Wish or wherever you're finding it, think about what happens if you drop the gun, like, why, why would I drop my gun? Well, I mean, typically you're not going to. But should you find yourself in a self-defense situation, you don't really get to have that choice. Um, I guess you don't. You alone don't get to have that choice because the enemy gets a vote in the fight as well. So if you were to drop that gun or you fall and trip and the, the gun obviously hits the deck and bounces off of something, yeah, that cheap pot metal can flex, can bend, even if it's only a little bit. Thinking about how zeros work... You could be off at fifty yards by several inches, which can mean and it's a complete miss, um, or it can mean hitting uh, hitting an innocent. I mean, depending on your circumstances and what's going on. Um, obviously, fucking up your zero is at, at minimum annoying, um, and at worst, a catastrophic failure um, because that that mount may not be bending; it might be cracking and breaking, which means you know if you fall a second time or something. And it's just going to shear off and break altogether. And then you lose your optic. You don't have an optic, maybe a backup site but maybe you don't, if you don't have backup sites, then you're really screwed. You're literally just point shooting and you're kind of hoping for the best, which, uh, in up situations is fine. Um, anything out to a distance, even a small distance, you're, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, um, and it's the same discussion with, uh, you know, things like, especially iron sites, no one wants to spend money on flip up irons anymore. Um, and I get it because even the Magpul ones are about 80 bucks for the pair. And those are, they're polymer. They're, they're durable. Um, they're not awful. But they're not the greatest thing. Um, you're looking at about two hundred dollars for the Magpul iron flip-up sights, the pro sights, um, which to everything I've ever heard and seen, they're worth it. If you look at a company like Scalar Works, or sorry, Scalar Works, um, <clears throat> they have great non-flip-up iron sights, going to cost about three hundred bucks. Um, if you look at Daniel Defense, Troy Industries, uh, they all make. Uh, fixed front and rear sights as well. Again, you're probably going to spend a hundred to 150 to $200 on those fixed irons for quality irons. And people want to spend 20 bucks a pop, get 40 bucks because all oh, these ones look the same, but they're Chinese made. <clears throat> well, I mean, it, that's your, that's your sighting device, man. I would, I almost, it, you know, would treat my irons the same way I would treat my primary optic, you want it to last and you want it to hold the zero that you, you dial into it, man. So, uh, I would actually say I would rather run no irons rather than running cheap, shitty irons because if you're running a pretty robust red dot. Like I, I have an EXPS two on my 11 inch gun. It's a pretty beefy, pretty beefy optic, um, holographic site. Um, I don't have to worry about if I drop that thing, picking it up and knowing it's good to go. Like it's, EOTECs are pretty durable. It's, it's going to be good to go. Same thing, with my uh, my recce setup, my 16 inch gun, I have the Vortex uh, Viper, you know, which is I get it. It's a more budget option for glass, but still very good. Um, and it's in a 200 you know recon mount from American Defense Manufacturing. I spent real money to get a very reliable setup so that I can trust it in the event I actually have to use it to defend my life or my home. Okay, same thing with my offset optic. Vortex Viper, which is not the greatest of reflex sights, it's not a Trajicon RMR, it's not a um, Delta Point Pro, it's not even a Hollow Sun, but I, it's still a you know a good product, uh, a reliable product. Never had any issues with it, um, and an Arisaka mount, which is about a hundred bucks. You spend real money on this stuff, but the great, the beauty about a lot of these is they're interchangeable. So with my two hundred dollar scope mount, a lot of people will look at that and say, I'm not spending any more than you know. 80 bucks on a scope mount. That's ridiculous. Well, maybe, you know, it depends on the height that you want. It depends on durability that you're looking for. Um, you know, the nice thing about the Arasaka red dot offset mount is that you can just swap out the the floor plates for like 20 bucks. So if I upgrade to an RMR or a Delta point, yes, the cost of the optic, but then 20 bucks and I don't have to replace the whole mount for a hundred dollars. Not every offset mount on the market is the same. Okay. The nice thing about a lot of scope mounts is, at least if you're looking at something with an LPVO, you know, um, like a one to six, one to eight, most of those are 30 millimeter tubes. My mount fits 30 millimeter tubes. Um, I also have the option for like an additional 40 bucks or something, I could buy new rings that attach to the mount itself. So I could have one inch rings if I really needed to, if I went with a nicer optic or something or different optic that was a one inch tube versus a 30 millimeter, I have that option to swap out. Better quality products afford you those options while still giving you the reliability that you're looking for. And for whatever reason, people just think that it's ridiculous to have to spend real money to to get there. And I get it, man, I get it. But save up the money and and spend once and and get the quality, so you don't need to worry about it. It's like going from a used car that you pour a couple hundred bucks into every three months versus yeah, now I got this lease vehicle and or a brand new vehicle, and I have a payment. Um, And it's, it sucks a little bit, but I don't have to worry about will the car turn on when I get into it. I don't have to worry about issues and noises and problems because I got this car with 13 miles on it, not 13,000 with 13 miles on it. And at worst, when I turn it in at the end of the three years, at worst, if I meet my contractual obligations, it'll have 36,000 miles on it. Personally, I'm almost a year through. I don't even have 4,000 miles on the car, but it is great. And I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't regret my decision at all. No regrets. Um, but it's important to buy quality. And then even, you know, we get away from your weapons platforms and your accessories, right? Um, although it is, I, I do, I do want to address quickly that a lot of people think it's okay. Like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll cheap out on the, the, the small stuff on the easy stuff and, and I'll be fine. Um, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't things like sling mounts are not something you should be cheaping out on. I know it seems like a part you can cheap out on and I've done it before because it's just a hoop that attaches to a Picatinny rail. So you can use a, a clip on HK clip until it strips out and then you can't get it to tighten down to the rail at all. <clears throat> or I've also bought in the really cheap ones for, I tried one, I think once for like three bucks and it, uh, it wasn't even specced to, to Picatinny rail correctly. So no matter how much I tightened it, I tightened down as far as it could go and it was still too large to properly grip onto the Picatinny rail. And it was total waste, total waste of three bucks plus probably like a buck and a quarter for tax and whatever on Amazon. Uh, no, well anyways, so call it five bucks. Might as well just burn the $5 bill. Cause I had to order something else anyways. Yeah. I, I agree. That's annoying. The, the good one from Magpul is $25, but you buy it and you don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> so, um, you know, same thing with, uh, hand guards, right? Your hand guards. And a lot of people try to find ways to save money on those. I did two at first. Um, I know my brother did it first as well. There are good budget options out there. Like companies like gun tech that offer a pretty good rail for under the hundred dollar price point. Um, that's what my wife has on her rifle and it's an M lock. It's, it's been great. Um, I had a rail from Mentium USA, which is a cheaper company. I think I got it for like 60 bucks back in the day. Um, and they still have offerings, mentium-usa.com, I think. Um, and it was just a, a key mod rail, just key mod all the way down. Nothing fancy, nothing special. Um, it was heavier, right? Because they uh, they sacrificed the quality of metal by making it just thicker, so it was you know more durable. Um, so it was a bit heavier, but it worked for me for the year and a half that I had it on the rifle before I upgraded. Um, so you can get cheaper handguards, but you know if you're buying these thirty and forty dollar ones, uh, you know there's some of these cheapo, questionable-looking ones or knockoffs that look. Hey, I found this one for a little bit on on Wish that looks just like a Geisley rail, but it's not. Or it looks just like the Midwest Industries rail, but it's not. Just know again, um, if you bang that thing through a, uh, hey, it, can only be, it could be a door frame, you know, which wood is very soft compared to metal. Um, that bends or flexes keeping in mind if that's where your front sight is attached then your front sight is now not pointing straight ahead um you know you're you're at a disadvantage there or if you drop the gun and it cracks and comes off well then what are you holding on to now if you have a bare exposed barrel or if it shears off and strips off from the barrel nut because it's only attached by friction and three little screws that are barely making contact there's i mean it's unfortunately this just isn't something that's very cheap to get into you have to look very carefully at what you're buying um and what it costs you know uh, if you can't afford to get into it buy quality at where you can afford and don't buy unnecessary shit instead save the money to upgrade until you can get what you want you know um there's a lot of good videos online about how to go budget and still be effective um I I'll say it again. If you need a good optic at a budget point, I would look at places like vortex. I would look at places like hollow sun primary arms. Um, I would avoid anything like true glow. I have not ever heard anything good about Burris personally. I don't, and it might be fine. I don't know. Um, honestly, I, I think that there, you know, Bushnell might be an okay budget option. I don't know. I know they're really trying to revamp some things. Um, I've not had a, a super positive experience with anything other than their TRS 25, um, which is just a 60 or $70 little, uh, T2 esque red dot site that, um, doesn't, it only climps onto a uh, Picatinny. So not the most ideal, um, but a possible solution. Sure. Um, even some of the SIG stuff, the SIG red dots I've heard have some issues too. So I would, uh, I'd be hesitant to even recommend the SIG stuff until it's been on the market a little bit longer. Um, the last five years or so SIG's trend has been to release something too early and then do a bunch of recalls. And then once they're through the recall phase, then you can start trusting it. So, uh, I guess buyer beware if you're looking at some of the SIG sour optics and, uh, you know, glass and stuff like that. Um, and one other, one of their scopes did just win a contract with the army. So that's, that's interesting. Um, but, and, and again, this is not, it's not even just applicable to things like your, your weapon system, right? Um, your supporting gear, your, your nylon gear, you know, um, if you have, if you buy cheap gear, it's going to rip, it's going to tear. It's not going to do what you need it to do. Like we started off at the beginning of this conversation talking right about Sam coming across the med one pouch from T T-Rex arms that he found a, he found a copy of on Amazon. Um, and, the obviously the interaction he had with the Amazon, um, police, I guess. (laughs) Um, and here's the thing like, yeah, oh yeah, it's just a pouch oh, it's just a medical pouch. Like, well, I mean, the, that in itself is a horror, uh, like a horrifying way to look at that. It's just a medical pouch. Yeah. It's, it's just the pouch that holds the life-saving contents, um, that you're really going to need in the event that you take uh, a wound or a teammate does or something. Um, the, the stuff that keeps coming to mind is think about like the movie. Um, and again, will we ever find ourselves in a position like this? Maybe not, but maybe, right. Um, lone survivor. Right. And they fall down, they fall down the, the cliff side. Like it seems like five or seven different fucking times. Right. I feel like it's half the movie is I'm falling down that, that, that cliff side. Um, but they're, they get fucked up physically and they lose a lot of gear in the process. So you may not, it might not be a cliff side. What, what if you fall down some, you're in an industrial building or a commercial building. Um, Hey, it could even be your own house. You fall down the fucking stairs and you get down the stairs and you get shot. And then maybe you shoot the guy who shot you and you're okay. You've eliminated the threat, but then you go to reach for your medical kit and it's not there because it ripped off your belt or it's still on your belt, but it ripped open. And now your medical stuff just yard sailed across your entire area of operation. And, you know, Hey, uh, maybe you're ambulatory and you can get up and you can get it and apply self-care, but maybe you're not. And um or maybe you got a buddy or something that has a severe wound and hey you got to reach for your med kit and it's gone you know i mean stuff like that is it's i understand that it seems incredibly paranoid um and incredibly negative way to look at this i understand but i feel like if you're talking about things like a gunfight and life-saving capabilities um if you're talking about you know your own personal well-being you have to take it seriously right you have to look at it that way as uh i mean I, I get, I get how it sounds, you know, but you have to. Otherwise, the one time that you actually need shit to go right is the one time that it will not go right. You'll have problem after problem after problem, and then you'll at worst case or at best case, I should say, you'll have to spend more money to replace the the pouch you already bought. So that forty five dollar Med One from TRX Arms that you bought to replace the old one didn't cost you forty five dollars. It cost you sixty five or seventy five because you spent twenty or thirty bucks on a shit ripoff that that tore and and can't be used anymore. And then you went and bought the right thing because you learned the hard way. And I get it because I learned the hard way too. I spent a lot of money on shitty handguards and shitty lights and, and optics and stuff. Like I've, I've wasted my fair share of money. Um, that's kind of why I'm trying to like help explain this to everyone listening, because I've been there. I've been where you're going, man. I've, I've done it. All the stuff that you're, um, you're thinking about, I've done it and I regret it. You know, I remember when I got my first LPVO, uh, as a Christmas gift from my, my wonderful wife, uh, as a crossfire, uh, one to four scope. Um which isn't a bad scope. It's a Vortex lifetime warranty, works just fine. Um but then I had to go buy a mount for it. And instead of going and getting something really really good, I went out and got the I mean it's from Primary Arms, so it's not a bad mount per se, but it's definitely the cheapest mount I've ever uh even considered buying at 25 bucks. And um not not great. You know, it's got one nut that tightens down to the Picatinny rail, so if that if that shears off or something, um, you know, then the whole, then you're fucked, right? I won't even look at scope mounts anymore. They only have one point of, uh, I guess one point of failure, right? Like on the American defense mount I have now has, uh, two QD locking QD, uh, clasps on it. So if one fails, you do still have the other one there, which I get will impact accuracy to an extent, but at least you still have the optic there. Um, so one point, not, not really, not really big on one failure point. Um, because that's, that's too much risk for me. Now, if it's something you're just buying as a, a range toy for like a 22 or something, uh, then obviously that's a completely different discussion, right? We're not talking about the toys. We're talking about gear that you'd specifically use to hunt with, provide with for your family, gear that you would specifically be using to protect your your home and family with. Um, where failure is, let's just call it what it is. Failure is not an option, okay? Um, or looking at your nylon gear, right? Um, things like slings that hold up your rifle. Uh or let's look, you know, chest rigs. Again, um because they're such innovators in the industry in the market right now, uh T-Rex Arms, I think, with their um the ready rig, their elastic chest rig that came out, um, and then also their AC one uh plate carrier and the med one kit and even their battle belt, um, they get a lot of targeting and attention for intellectual property theft. Uh, and duplication and replication because like i was saying earlier they don't really waste the time and resources combating it um they'd rather and that's their decision right they would rather put that money into additional research and development to offer better products to their customers that follow them and um, and like we're doing right now, right? They will, we spread that information. Hey, it's quality gear, right? But, um, I've seen it on eBay. There are plenty of copies, even on, and again, on Amazon, uh, they're ready rig, they're elastic band. It's like a cummerbund with shoulder straps essentially is what it works out to be. Um, it's a really popular option because it is so concealable and it's something that was a little bit, quite a bit actually different than what was offered on the market. But again, We talked about cheap metal stripping out and failing on you at inopportune times. Well, same difference, uh, with, with things like plate carriers and and chest rigs, right? If that stitching tears, if that, um, that Velcro panel is, you know, poorly stitched into your elastic and it fails and rips and comes apart, um, you're screwed because that's where you're carrying, uh, yes, a med kit possibly, uh, it's where you're carrying ammunition, it could be if you're, if you have an actual like placard chest, uh, chest rig, like what spirit of systems offers, you could be, I mean, I in mine shit. I keep uh, a compass. I keep uh, glow sticks. I keep a map of the area. I keep a map compass in there or a map protractor in there uh i keep snacks in there you know and to be without snacks is not a life i'm interested in living uh, but you know i mean when that stuff fails if when you're moving through the forest or through uh, you know confined spaces and stuff you're then losing your backup ammunition source and even if you're only carrying one spare mag if the one that's in your weapon were to fail because magazine failures more often than not that's the that's the point of failure with a weapon system um, with a, with handguns, rifles, it, there's usually not a mechanical failure. I, I'm not I'm not gonna say it never happens because it certainly does. But typically, if there is a problem with the weapons platform, it is with the ammunition feed source. So basically, either the magazine itself. Um, or the follower, the spring and the follower and stuff like that. It's the magazine itself. So I know there's, I've seen stuff, uh, and heard stuff, right. Where oftentimes it's, Hey, don't try to correct that malfunction, drop that magazine, rack, 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 and go to your contingency ammo supply source. So your spare magazine, well, if your belt is a cheap piece of shit and you lose your belt. If your mag pouches are cheap pieces of shit or your plate carrier is, is crappy and you, it rips and you lose it. Well then you can't, right? And then you got to take yourself out of the fight, which is not just as easy as just ducking behind something. It's assuming that you're being, you're at cover when this happens, which would be all, you know, ultra convenient, um, and ultra unrealistic. If we're being, you know, honest, um, You have to take yourself out of the fight, retreat to cover, and then you can work the problem. And we're not even getting into, well, what if you get shot in the hand or something and you're dealing with that as well. So these are not ideal conditions. Um, Aside from the fact that, again, you're just wasting money. When when you buy the cheap, crappy gear and you go out and test it and use it and you're, oh yeah, this will be fine. And it's not. You just wasted that money. Unless you're like a master seamstress that can redo it and make your own, in which case sweet. I don't know why you're buying somebody else's. If you're at, if you have the skill to, to build your own, um, then that's awesome. But most of us don't have that ability or access to commercial sewing equipment. So, uh, kind of a non-factor, uh, but you know, the, the 60 bucks that you just spent, um, which is, yeah, I bought this, uh, chest rig because it's just like the TRX arms rig, or it's just like the spiritus rig. Um, but it costs half as much. Well, yeah, okay because you got about half the quality or less than half the quality, honestly. Um, and now you're paying essentially 150% of retail for the good one, because you took that 60 bucks that you spent on the first one and it crapped out and died on you. And you just add that on to the one you just bought because, <laughs> um, you know, you made a poor choice and I get it. You know, availability is a, is a factor. Availability is a characteristic, is a, um, you know what? I mean, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and I know cause I've certainly had to do my share of waiting for stuff to come in. Um, when I was waiting to get my med one pouch, um, I remember I saw it come into stock a couple months ago and I go actually probably closer a year ago now. And I go, yeah, mm, yeah, let me wait till my next paycheck to pick that up. I don't want to stretch it this time. or I don't want to use my charge card or whatever. I just, I'll, I'll wait a minute. Came back like two, three days later and I was like, yeah, you know, I should go get that already out of stock and I had to wait. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll wait for it to come back in stock. Well, because of supply chain difficulties and stress on, uh, you know, supply and demand right now, uh, that ended up being like four months I had to wait. Um, and yeah, at times like that, it's really tempting to go look at the Chinese knockoff, uh, you know, on Amazon or whatever, or on eBay and go, Ooh, you know, maybe I'll do it and I'll take the chance. Um, and you know, maybe you'll get lucky. And maybe you'll get a good one and maybe it'll be okay. Um, maybe is, you know, luck, planning, uh, and they don't go together. Maybe in planning, they don't go together. Um, you need to make sure you're investing in quality kit that's going to get you where you want to be, how you want to be. All right. Um, there's a really good saying out there. I think I heard it in one of the Triarc videos. I heard it for the first time. I think it was Kevin Ross that was talking, said, uh, I'm too poor to be cheap. And I found that to be really profound Um, and I giggled a little bit at it, but it makes a lot of sense because we just talked about it, you know, Hey, I'm going to be cheap and buy the $60 rig. And when it wears out, you know, in two months of actual use, I'm gonna have to go buy the either another one and another one, um, or I'm gonna have to go buy the real one. That's going to stand up to that wear and tear. That's been through good quality control testing and and development and things like that. And now I didn't pay $120 for a T-Rex arms ready rig. I paid $180 for a TRX arms ready rig and a bunch of spare material that looked like one, you know? Um, and, and again, same thing with optics and things like that. Um, if you can't afford a good optic right now, um, you know, wait and save the money as painful as that is, especially in today's America where we are all as a, as a culture. Um, and I want to say to America, cause to an extent it's the whole world, but especially in America, cause we are, we are pampered a bit compared to the rest of the world. There's no denying that we live in a world of immediate appreciation. That's why Amazon is so popular, right? Because hey, two day shipping, I'll pay a hundred bucks a year for my membership and I get two day shipping, right? So I order, I can have it today. In some instances, I can have it tomorrow. I can have it in two days. We want it when we want it. So unfortunately we take that same need for that kind of, uh, immediate appreciation. Right. And we go, Hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy this, uh, you know, this, this cheap uh, LPVO optic, this one to four true glow optic. And it turns out to be kind of a turd, you know, and I've never tried the true glow LPVO. I'm not specifically trying to bash on true glow, but I I do have, I've had some experiences with their other optics and it wasn't great. Um, their iron sights, their, their pistol, um, pistol night sights and stuff, not, not the worst, um, actually fairly decent, experience with those, but, uh, again, their optics, it's just not their wheelhouse. Um, and I see a lot of people post on the internet, Hey, I just finished my first AR build. And it's almost always one of those cheap red dots. Um, because I, they used money to build a semi-decent rifle and they ran out of money. So they just threw a cheap old optic on there as a, and I quote placeholder. It's like, well, yeah, but you still spent 20 or 40 bucks on that placeholder. Why not save that and I mean, hell, I'd rather see you spend the money taking your wife out to an Applebee's dinner or something than to spend it on that, you know, or hey, leave it in the bank account or the whatever the jar that you save your gun fund money in or whatever, save it and that's 20 or 40 bucks off the cost of the optic that you actually want. Um, and you'll be a lot happier for it long term. It's like guys that go out and they restore classic cars, right? Nobody restores a classic, or sorry, a classic nineteen seventy Dodge Charger with a you know numbers matching four twenty six Hemi, and does it in three weeks. Nobody does it because it's difficult. You got to get what you want. And at the end of it, most of those guys they hold on to those cars. That's their baby. That's their their life. That's their passion, right? And you start to it, it makes sense when you start to talk to them and you hear about all the work that they did and the time and the money and the energy tracking down the right parts. and The money went into investing into it. But at the end of the day, you have a reproduction essentially, right? A, a not even a reproduction. It's a numbers matching. You have a 1970 or whatever, you know, Dodge Charger with the way it came from the factory. And it's like this, this awesome feat of, uh, ingenuity and resourcefulness and it's, and you love it, you know, same thing with building, you know, that rifle that you have to have, or that plate carrier setup that you just, you have to have, um, you know, to an extent, your own personal happiness is a huge factor in this. I'm not discounting that at all. If anything, it should be more of a factor in this. Um, but keep your eye on the, the long game, right? Long-term, Think about that and remember that the companies that are doing the work and testing on these kinds of products, the good ones, right? Because we'd all love to have an aimpoint point T2, but not all of us have $850 to spend on one. We'd all love to have quality glass on our rifles, but we don't all have $1,200 to $1,800 or more to spend on it, right? But the companies that are doing the quality work on this, they only get to keep doing that work if we as responsible consumers keep feeding to that right? It's not saying you have to be responsible. And that means spend $2,500 on a Schmidt and Bender or something. Um, and I'm talking on my ass. I have no idea what a Schmidt and Bender costs. I'm just throwing a number out there. That seems ridiculous. Um, but buying a Chinese knockoff that looks exactly the same, just like buying a airsoft or, or Chinese knockoff of an EOTech is pretty disingenuous. And the money then goes to China instead of going to an American based, Michigan based company like EOTech who supports the second amendment who supports our troops and our military, right? Cause they have government contracts. They put the time and development in, into that. They marketed their product. They spent the money to market it and to build this up. And you know, the, the, EOTechs have kind of almost like a cult following just cause they look a certain way and everything. There's a, an aesthetic that's greatly appreciated. That was all done with American, you know, ingenuity and American dollars and American investment. And yeah, it costs a little bit more, but you're getting a much better quality product. Don't turn around and spend your money supporting communist China, who already takes enough of it for things like shoes and t-shirts and hats and you know uh, bootleg DVDs or I don't know what the fuck you know uh, they don't need any more of our money. They already get a ton of it, right? We already have we already have so much of our manufacturing over there in household goods and textiles, and as well as they're a large textile producing country as it is, so we have to go through them for things like T-shirt material, jacket material, whatever. Don't take away from the American market to do that, um, because in a roundabout way, it is you're like you're fighting the second amendment community in a way because these companies are out here trying to do this. Um, they need your support and yeah, if it costs a little bit more, just understand that they're trying to do it the right way. They're not trying to cut corners. Um, some companies are, and you know, again, that's why we always talk about it's So important to do your research here, um, at the prepared mindset, do your research, and make those decisions from an informed position, from an informed standpoint, so that you're able to maximize the value of every dollar that you spend. I was just having this conversation. I went and saw, um, you know, I took the day off today. I went and saw Trevor at the office and, um, you know, spent lunch with him just talking about, Hey, yeah, I, I bought my EOTech. I got it on a great sale, um, for like 500 bucks. Usually it's like a 600 or $650 optic. Um, I went to the nine 11 sale at Ann Arbor arms EOTech having been an, been an Ann Arbor based company was there promoting their products and in promoting, obviously Ann Arbor arms, they had everything on a 15% off sale. So I saved myself a good bit of money by, by purchasing that is $500 still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That, that's, um, I just paid it off. Um, except I put it on my credit card and I wanted to get the points and everything, large purchases, triple points, you know, whatever. Um, but it's quality. I don't have to worry about it. I felt fine about making that purchase. And I felt great after talking to the salespeople, um, and the representatives from EOTech that's, yep, this is, you know, we're up the road here. We have a plant in for production, um, in, in Traverse city where I had vacationed over the summer and stuff. So, um, really buying quality gear is an investment both in your country and, uh, more specifically investing in yourself. There's a lot of different forms of investment. It doesn't have to be, you know, stocks or whatever. Investing in your gear is also, something that's, that's pretty important. Um, because then uh, here's another point is that you can take that gear three years, four years down the line and you go, you know, I don't know if I really want this anymore. I kind of prefer a simple red dot versus the halo optic or uh, reticle that, that EOTech uses. Right. Um, I can still take this gently used EOTech in three, four years and sell it for almost as much as I bought it for because it's an EOTech not the case with a lot of the cheaper optics. Um, I guarantee you and again this is not a knock on Vortex but if I take my Vortex Crossfire 2 that I paid 125 or 154 whatever when I bought it and I go to sell it used I probably going to have a pretty hard time selling it for more than 100 bucks, probably closer to like half of what I paid for it. It just is what it is. Um, people don't sell uh, Aimpoint T2s for a lot less than what they paid for it. Why? Because aim points are absolute fucking tanks and you paid 850 for it. You're going to get every bit of seven or 750, 50, may even, you know, $800. If it's still in the box or something, I don't know. You're going to get most of your money back on it. And then you can roll that into other purchases for the new optic you want or the new pistol or rifle or whatever that you're working towards, um, buying to upgrade your overall position. Um, and, and you can do it with other stuff too. You know, right now I'm getting out of disc golfing, um, which was something I took up when I started working, um, a hundred percent indoors to keep me outside on the weekends and stuff. I don't do it anymore. I have no uh, desire to pursue it any further. So, um, just like everything else, disc golf has a shipping shortage coming over from their manufacturing plants in Europe. So, um, been selling all my old stuff on, uh, some auction pages on Facebook and making quite a bit of money doing it. And once I'm, you know, offloaded all of that. I'll take the couple hundred bucks, probably close to six or $700 that I'll have when, if it continues this trend anyway. Um, and I'll be able to roll that into, I don't know, maybe I'll buy, uh, some unity fast mounts for my 11 and a half inch gun, or I'll put it towards, uh, a suppressor and a tax stamp, you know, but the point is, is I'm, I am reallocating my resources. So without, without spending my own money, that's, you know, currently, sitting in my bank account, right? I am just taking them what I have, turning that into cash that I can use on new gear. I'm actually spending any new money doing it, which is also, it's always nice because then, um, you feel better about it and your wife gets off your back about all the clutter sitting down in your basement, including disc golf bags and practice baskets and things like that. (laughs) But, um, at any rate, you know uh, it, this. It's an important topic. It's something I really want to talk about for a while now, and I think that uh, as the political landscape is growing and shape, uh, changing shape, and, and everything with Chinese manufactured goods and our strained relationship with China as a country, it's important to talk about it and to really highlight the the value behind investing in your gear, um, whether whether it's clothing, whether it's an optic or a mount or a flashlight or something. Um, And hey, maybe even if it is made in another country, right? I know there are, you know, Vortex is a good company, but they do some manufacturing in China. They do some in Japan and Taiwan and stuff, I think. Fine, but you're at least buying quality. That's the important part. Um, If you have to, and it's made in China, but it's a good quality optic, then okay, you know, you got to do what's right for you. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode as well, right? Put yourself first. So, not always going to be able to please everyone, I guess, in that regard. Um, but make a good decision. You know, if you're really looking for budget, here's, here's my bottom line, my budget recommendations off personal experiences with as low as I would go on some of these things. If you really need a one to six or one to eight scope, the cheapest I would go would really be the strike Eagle line from Vortex. Um, I know during the holidays, actually I've seen it a lot lately too, but during the holidays, especially you can get good deals on their one to six and one to eight optics. And it comes with a pretty robust cantilever mount from vortex. It's usually like a hundred bucks on its own. So while neither are the best, um, they're both certainly good choices. Um, and they have the vortex lifetime warranty, which is a great, you know, um, reassurance, right? When you have this kind of gear is that if, Hey, if I fuck it up, if something happens to it, if it fails, they're going to send me a new one. No questions asked. It's a little bit annoying. Sure. But Hey, so for around 300 bucks, you can have your mount and your optic, like I said, one to six or one to eight. Um, it's pretty good for an LPVO with decent quality glass. Is it the greatest out there? No, it's not, but budget seldom is. If you're looking for a good red dot, um, Hey, for a handgun, um, the 407 for compacts and, uh, the 507 series from hollow sun for full size handguns, the 507, or even an offset canted red dot, um, you know, the 507 series from hollow sun, they're about 300 bucks. Um, which again, it is a little bit of money, but, uh, you you could do a lot worse. Um, hollow suns come a long way with their, with their stuff, uh, especially with those pistol sized optics. Uh, and they're kind of setting the bar at a new level in the uh, reflex sight industry. So, um, that would be my recommendation. You can also look at something like a vortex Viper, which I have one. Um, it's a little bit bulkier in the body of the optic. Um, I like it for what I have on a 45 degree on my rifle, but, um, you know, there's a couple options there. Again, vortex is a lifetime warranty. Um, if you're looking for a quality red dot, I would say, look at hollow sun, look at again, primary arms and vortex, the the crossfire to the strike fire. Um, those are all good options that come from good reputable companies that have a, a pretty long, um, uh, proven track record. Um, and if you don't believe me, uh, go ahead and check out like Sage dynamics, um, or YouTube, there's a lot of torture tests for some of these optics on YouTube. Um, from the budget perspective because that's what everyone's looking for right is how to how to get how to leverage your dollar for the most that you can if you see some of these torture tests and these cheaper optics hold up like the Holosun 507c or 507t series very very popular um it's for a reason you know it's just built well it's a good quality product the technology is now more accessible than ever and you can you know, pick something up for less money than you would for somebody with a government that has a government contract like EOTech and AimPoint. So it's, a, it, you know, it's an option. Um, if you're looking for a cheaper weapon light, which we didn't really talk about a ton, um, still made overseas, but I really like the Streamlight stuff. Um, surefire is great. Surefire also has contracts with the, the government, so they have to charge what they charge the government and they're a little bit more pricey, great quality product, nothing against surefire, but streamlight I would say is almost comparable. Um, and I, I've had nothing but great experiences. I know a lot of law enforcement use streamlight good, good option. Just stay the fuck away from Olight. Please for love of God. Do not buy an Olight. Um, even insight is a good company to look at for some, uh, some lower priced, uh, weapon lights options and stuff. Um, you know, so, uh, what it really comes down to though, uh, like I was saying earlier, do the research and, and proof it out for yourself. Um, you know, don't just buy and say, well, I'm not, I don't need the, the fancy f- high speed shit. You might not need it, but when you do need it, you're going to be really fucking happy you had it. Um, you know, to quote the great Bert Gummer, uh, when you need it and don't have it, you sing a different tune. Okay. Um, and that's both if you just don't have it or if it failed and now you don't have it when you need it and don't have it, you sing a different tune. And if you don't who the, if you don't know who the fuck Burt Gummer is, God damn it. Do yourself a favor and watch the Tremors movies. Mostly just one and two, maybe three past that. It's kind of a joke, but Burt Gummer's the man you should. So you're into this. If you're into prepping and you're into this, uh, podcast, Burt Gummer your man. So go check that out. You're welcome. Uh, That's all I got for you guys, though. Uh, I I hope you enjoyed it. If nothing, you just listen to me rant about some political bullshit a little bit. And, you know, we talk some optics and things. But uh, I do hope that you found value in it. Uh, I'll be working on some new projects in the near future here, working on some um, maybe a possible photo and video shoot project that's uh, currently in the developmental stages with some other companies uh, you know, and, and partnerships that we're working on. So stay tuned for that. Uh, really, really excited at the potential to get that going. Um, and you should see more of that uh, in the next, hopefully next couple of weeks, honestly. Um, but until next time, you guys work hard, train smarter, and as always, be prepared.